0: Thank you for tuning in to Carbondale Historical Society's podcast. This episode is part of our This I Remember audio archive. This archive are interviews conducted in the 1980s and 90s by Mary Ferguson, a longtime resident of Carbondale, born in Spring Gulch. These interviews aired on Katie and and were recently donated to the Historical Society by Mary's descendants. The Historical Society wants to thank Katie and Kay seven stars, Rebecca Lodge, number 91, Alpine Bank and Meredith and Dan Bullock Ferguson's family, as well as the many other donors and volunteers who came together to save these tapes and make them forever available to our Carbondale community. Enjoy.
1: This, I remember, Perry Ferguson, KBNK, Carbondale and beyond. Tonight, my guest is Anita Witt, and she has written a book about the history of Missouri Heights, well about the complete valley for that matter. So Anita, I'm very happy that you're going to be with us tonight, and your book is wonderful.
2: Will you tell us something about how come, what made you write it to begin with? Thank you, Mary. I'm so happy to be here. The reason I decided to write the book, I moved to Missouri Heights in 1967 when it was all ranch lands, very few ranches, and most of them were my good neighbors. Through the years, I've watched the lands broken up into subdivisions and developments. And when my last neighbor, Ruth Fender, began to subdivide her land, I knew it was the end of an era. And it made me very sad because I missed the old ways. The old ways that... You bet. But that's when I decided that there were some wonderful stories and wonderful history out there that many people didn't know about. Well, you know, Missouri
1: Heights, the reason it's called Missouri Heights, we had a group of people that were unhappy in Missouri,
2: mm-hmm. and they came to this area and moved up there on the hill and called it Missouri Heights. That's right. That happened in 1913. There were several families involved. There were the Smiths, the Claggets. Jerome Stovall, Victor Thompson, and a couple of others, Carl Hill, they were all from Jamesport, Missouri. And the reason they came here was because of Jerome Stovall. And he was Harley Holmes' partner in building the Missouri Heights Reservoir. Back then it was called the Carbondale Reservoir and Irrigation Company. Well, Jerome Stovall had relatives in Jamesport, Missouri, and he and Harley Holmes went back there to visit and they spoke about this beautiful high Mesa up above the Roaring Fork Valley with the most wonderful views and with very good soil and the fact that they were building a reservoir which would help the farmers. There were several families in Jamesport who were ready for a change and when they heard the stories about this area First the men came out and checked the situation over and they decided they did want to move here and they went back home and sold out. Doctor Claggett at that time had a very wonderful uh drugstore. Yes, and he was tired of he didn't want yes, to be a doctor anymore. Well, what happened? They thought that he had tuberculosis. And, so and he came out here for the dry air, but he had a very good practice in James and He gave that up, and his drugstore, and came out. And he also
1: was a very good doctor in this community. Oh, yes and he was. And, of course, Betty DeBeck was—we uh, lived next door to Dr. Claggett when Betty DeBeck was born, huh. and uh, <laughs> when uh, Mrs. Claggett went to the, do- to the to Glenwood to have her baby, why? We
2: all waited, and pretty soon they called, she's here, she's here, (laughs) we were so happy that she was here. Betty's a wonderful lady, and she gave me her family's history, and Effie and Dr. Oscar Claggett came here in 1913. I have, uh, in our museum,
1: I have I think three, maybe four generations of their medicine chests. Do you really? Which we'll have in the museum Oh,
2: what a wonderful thing. I want to tell you one thing about the Claggetts. On the front of my book is a picture, and the picture shows the four Claggett children who were alive in 1913, and they rode one horse down from yes. Missouri Heights to go to Catherine's school. Well, the little boy at the very back. Of the four children. His yeah. name was Jim Claggett. Yeah. He became the chief surgeon at Mayo Clinic for 32 years. Yes, my son trained under
1: him. He did. Later on. Mm. And of course, his brother, Jim, did not mean to be a doctor, but his brother was killed on graduation. That's right. And uh, so he changed his. Mm-hmm. He was going to school there, but he changed his whatever he was planning on doing. Uh-huh. Because he
2: wanted to have a doctor in the family. And he was the third generation. Yes. Doctor Oscar Clag- Claggett, his father, was the second generation and then Jim took over after him. Oh, so what a wonderful family and what a oh, wonderful, wonderful family and I tell you,
1: Doctor Claggett was he was always also playing jokes on people. He was especially his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't know he that. Would knock on the door and on her door and asked her if Doctor Clay was in. Of course, she looked at him. She knew who he was, but you know he was—he was a he jokester was, He was a fun man and a wonderful person.
2: Oh, I wish I could have known him. I'll tell yes. you something awfully nice about Effie. She worried constantly if her children were getting a fine education yes. in their little one-room schoolhouse, yes. and when they worked in the potato cellar all winter long sorting potatoes, which all the children on Missouri Heights did, Effie insisted that one child would read by the light of the lantern, while the other children sorted potatoes, and that was done on a continuous basis and her children, as we know, were certainly very well educated, but can't you just picture them and she
1: could sing? and uh, betty sing have you ever heard betty sing she's got a wonderful voice
2: i would love to hear betty sing yes she's got a wonderful voice you know the house and the potato cellar and the barn are still standing on missouri heights well in the house that they lived in
1: here over here on uh, well the corner of the third and main Mm -hmm. that was the claggett yes house and next door at one time was the post office Oh, really? And that's where we lived when Betty was born.
2: Uh Uh-huh. I'll tell you why the Claggetts left Missouri Heights and came down to Carbondale. It was First World War, 1918, and many of the doctors in the area were called to war. Yes. Well, at that time they asked Dr. Claggett to resume his position. To be teaching. and, And he did, and he came down to Carbondale, and the family left the Heights and lived here at that time, until he took over another doctor's practice in Rifle. And of course we know that the Claggett Memorial Hospital. Hospital in Rifle is named after Dr. Claggett. Yes. But uh, they were a very wonderful family. Wonderful course. family. Right now. now along with them, at about at the same time, came the Smith family and um, the Smiths were also from Jamesport and they came out at the very same time. In fact, Dr. Claggett and Frank Smith came out in the same (laughs) boxcar with all of their belongings in that boxcar. Now uh, Dr. Claggett had a team of mules and Blanche Smith had a brother who came with the men, his name was Victor Thompson, and he had a team of mules. And they had their mules, their wagons, what farm equipment they had, all of their personal belongings and home furnishings in those boxcars, and they came out at the same time. Well the Smiths had a ranch, 160 acres, right next to the Claggetts. And the house and the potato cellar are still there today, too, and uh, the Smith's story is very wonderful, and I think people will enjoy reading that. Yes, indeed. Now, before the Missouri people came, there were families up on the Heights, and um, the Heights was not called Missouri Heights at that time. It was just called the High Mesa, one of the first people was James Needham. Yes. The uh, Haskels were there. Haskells. The Holgates, whom yes. we were just speaking of. The Waters. Yes. And the Hots, The Millers. All, all those people. My, they all came my in the late 1800s, and they were the very first people up on the Heights. There were a few before them and their stories and their histories have been lost. Some of those people were White and Morris, the Hunt brothers, the Streppe family. Do you remember any of those uh, the, names? The names. Uh huh. It's. But um, I could not find information about those people. We found a little bit about the Hunt people, but um, that was in the very late. 1800s, and when the people started coming in in the early 1900s, those are the people that I was able to find their descendants and and find out their stories.
1: I have tapes of most of those families. Do you? And, of course, the tapes are going to all be at the museum.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. And
1: uh, I'm going to have, um, well, I have a display case that -hmm. was given to me that opens up like a book. Uh Anyway, it's about, uh, the pages are about a yard square, somewhat in that neighborhood, Uh and I'm going to have different families, as many families as as I have pages, so that you can just turn a page and see that family.
2: Oh, you've you've done such a wonderful thing, Mary, Mm -hmm. to have that for people. A hundred years from now, people will look at that, and it'll be so wonderful that it will be there. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you did that. And well, I'm that the uh, museum,
1: the building itself was given to us uh-huh. when, uh, when they were starting to develop what was the Holland Thompson Ranch and the Wald Ranch.
2: Now, that's the cabin?
1: Yes. Uh-huh. It's 100 years old. Really? It's made out of hand hewn logs. Uh-huh. And of course, the um, Lions Club joined the Historical Society. 27 strong, Hmm. and I tell you, they have been working, oh, somebody's working there all the time. We've done a lot of, well, we had to put it on the firm foundation, Mm -hmm. and the weather didn't really, we've had the craziest weather anyway, and we were going to move the little jail, but we haven't gotten it moved yet after the town sold this property like, we own the jail, but we don't own the ground it's on.
2: <laughs> but they will move the jail out by the cabin? Yes,
1: we're going to move it out.
2: Oh, that'll be great.
1: And it's absolutely full of historical stuff now.
2: Oh, I'm Just so happy. things that... Uh, well, I hope we can put my book in there with it. Oh, it'll be in there. <laughs> it will be in there. You know, there never has been a, an official map of Missouri Heights, but my neighbors up on the Heights, Mike Strang and... Ruth Fender and some of the others helped me decide what we thought was the map of Missouri Heights, so we put it in my book. And Mm. then we also have government maps way back in 1884 that were the first survey maps done on Missouri Heights. 1884 was the first one, and the second one was done in 1888, and also at the BLM, I found maps yes. that showed the very first families up on the Heights in 1888. Um, there were already schoolhouses up on yes. the Heights at that time. The upper Cattle Creek Schoolhouse was there. Uh, there were several families like the McNulty's, yes. work, the Chapmans, yes. James Needham, and I even found a family of people named McCune, spelled exactly like like my maiden name. Oh! But I have not been able to find any descendants in my family or any descendants in the McCune family who do live in this valley, so we don't know who those people were. Uh, Of course, the Hunts were there in 1888, and during that time, one of the first roads Missouri Heights was not actually built but cleared and that road is still very visible today. And I have a map of that in my book. And a few weekends ago my dog and I, Sadie, <laughs> we went up and walked that road. And yes. I'll tell you it would give a team of mules a heart attack.
1: Yes, it's very
2: rough and rugged and steep. Can't I can't imagine how they could get a wagon up there.
1: Well, and the, the road that we use now, there's a, one of the families that are living there at the foot of that road has a well going under there. Not a well, but a water line.
2: Yes, uh huh. They do. Yes. Now, the first road was built in the late 1800s, and then in the 20s and 30s, they built the road that's called Cattle Creek Road that we yes. go up on today. It wasn't
1: that built with uh, prison labor.
2: I don't know about that. It certainly could have been, you know. Um, The next part of my book, I take the years from 1884 to 1950, and I show when the families moved in, and Mm. um, after that I go into the families themselves, uh, I would like to talk a little bit about the Stoffaker family. Do you remember them? Yes. Did yes. you know Judge Stoffaker? Well, after fashion, yes. Uh huh. Well, the reason the Stoffaker family is such an important part of the Missouri Heights history is because Judge Stoffaker came here in um, 1888, and he bought the Four Corners. Where yes. Catherine's store is located today. Yes. Uh, excuse me, he didn't buy them. He homesteaded them. And well, that Judge was one of our trades at one time, was homesteading. Yes. The miners,
1: the homesteaders. And, and you Judge know... And
2: Judge was a very enterprising man.
1: You know what our economy is today? I'm sorry? Do you know what the economy of this community is today? Yes. Rocks. We used to haul the rocks out of town, <laughs> and now we're hauling all those rocks back again. We sure are, for, for all of these developments. All these developments. Isn't that Hauling funny? the rocks right back
2: again. Isn't that funny? Well, Judge Stoffaker was from Switzerland, Oh. and he was a dairy and cheese man, and he started a dairy and cheese company right after he homesteaded the yes. Four Corners at Catherine. He also started the first post office, and so, that was done in, uh, let me look here, that was done in 1892. Now that post office and that cheese factory were a very important part of the lives what? of yes, people of on people. Missouri Heights, because that's where they went for their mail, and that's also where they sold their dairy products, and got their money for the week. Which was yes. the only money they had until their crops were harvested. Yes, indeed. And Judge Stoffacre's wife was named Mary Catherine. And he <laughs> named the post office Catherine Post Office. He named the cheese factory the Catherine Cheese and Dairy <laughs> Company. Yes. And today we have the Catherine Store. store. And there was also a Catherine School.
1: Yes. Right yes, near
2: Judge Stoffaker's property, and many of the children on that side of Missouri Heights went to that school. Yes. They rode their ponies down mm-hmm. the road down Catherine Store that yeah, hill to go there. But the Stoffaker family was very interesting. Um, Judge Stoffaker and Mary Catherine had ten children, and they stayed here until the 1920s and Judge Stoffacre owned a lot of land in the area, some up on Missouri Heights, and we have a letter that he wrote in 1931, and it says that they finally grew tired of the cold, long winters, mm-hmm. and the family they moved were. to California. But there are a few, very few people who remember the Stoffacres. So. One of them is Ruth Gould Zanc- yes. Zancanella, Yes. You, you know yeah, I know her, of course. Her family, the ghouls, knew Judge Stoffaker and his yes. wife very well, and I'm sure you remember Rokie Fender. Yes, my <laughs> she <laughs> was my brother's
1: wife at one time. She was? Yes.
2: Well Roki is a wonderful lady and she and lives uh, in Paonia now. She is, and I guess niece. she's
1: uh, very mm-hmm. handicapped now because she doesn't see either. No, it's but
2: she's sharp as a tack. And she remembers the Stop Acres and remembers going to the post office and to the dairy and, and cheese company, and Rokey uh, gave me a lot of wonderful history of the Fender family. Well, the Fenders, of course, the,
1: um, are Missouri
2: Heights people, absolutely. You bet, they, they certainly were. Ira Fender came out at about the same time that the Claggetts. And the Smiths came yep. in 1913. Uh, Ira heard about this high mesa and where the wonderful crops were grown in that good soil, Yes. and he came out to look around. Well, you know what he did, Mary? He took home a suitcase, and it had yes. shocks of wheat, Uh-oh. it had Burbank potatoes, and barley, yes. and grain, and uh, other things that farmers had Had grown, and he took it home, went back to Jamesport, Missouri on the train, he set that suitcase on his kitchen table, and opened it up. Well, you can imagine the smell that (laughs) came out of it. And his wife, Nettie, knew at that moment that her life was going to change, and she was very sad because she knew she (laughs) would be leaving her wonderful family. But it was it was his uh, intention that they would come to to Colorado, and they most certainly did. And the Fenders are still a very big part of Missouri Heights. And Ruth Fender, whom I'm sure you know, oh,
1: Ruth is I have uh, two tapes of Ruth. Do you? Because she has. Mm -hmm. Well, she was uh, a broker. Uh-huh. And of course, my son's wife was a broker. that's right, and um well, Ruth is my very neighbor. good very good friends, and they started in the business together.
2: uh-huh well, Ruth has been my neighbor since I came here in nineteen sixty seven and she helped me a lot with the book. She told me the uh history of her her father and mother, the yes. Renfles, yes, the Renfles uh-huh. and um uh, I have several pictures of Ruth when she was just a little rascal, <laughs> and I think people will, will get a real kick out of them. Um, let me look here, after the first homesteaders, there were um, many families who came, and it is amazing that so many of them did come from Missouri although not all of them came from Jamesport, some came from other places. Now, I'm sure you remember John McNulty. Oh, yes. And you remember, do you remember his mother and father? Not too well. Right. uh, Well, as I say, I knew the
1: McNulty's.
2: Thomas and Mary McNulty came in 1890 from Ireland, and they, of course, many of these people came to Leadville first, hoping to strike it rich. Come to Leadville, then to Aspen, and then down the valley. When they didn't strike it rich, they decided they better go back to what they knew, and that was farming. And they moved on down the Roaring Fork Valley and began to look up at the land on the High Mesa. John McNulty was a neighbor of mine for years, and I don't know if you remember that he had a old white billy goat named Sweet William? Yes. (laughs) John was the son of Thomas and Mary McNulty, and uh, he owned the land there for many years. Today, his daughter, Alana carries on the McNulty tradition, and she farms the land, and she drives the tractor, and yes. she has the old 1946 John Deere tractor that her father John used, he used to. and he used that tractor on my land too. Oh, what do you know? But the McNulty's um, have a very exciting history. One very sad thing, John's mother died when she was quite uh, the helper around the ranch, Was all which all the women were. Yes,
1: all the women were
2: and one day she was helping feed cattle and slipped from the wagon and fell onto a pitchfork Gosh. which is such a sad thing and what a terrible way to go what a terrible way to go but John McNulty was certainly a source of fun up on the heights and I'll tell you some of the things he did he was an instigator of the dances and the parties all oh, the Parties and dances that we used to have up there. Yes. Have a fiddle and uh, oh yes, Mm -hmm. and uh, all of the families would come. They looked forward to it, and those dances were held in In the schoolhouses. schoolhouses. And they'd move the the desks. (laughs) They would move them. Little
1: kids would put their coats on the back, and Uh they could sleep there while.
2: the people. little babies
1: slept while and everybody danced. We had to hurry home to milk the cows.
2: <laughs> That's right, <laughs> but they had wonderful parties. Oh, we had wonderful parties. And they also had card parties at people's houses, and the young people had dancing parties. Um, I'll tell you, Ethel Waters Haskell told me about old John McMelty, and one time the young people would decide to have a party at someone's house. Well, sometimes they tried to surprise them. So one night they decided to have this party at a certain house and they told John McNulty that's where the party would be. Well, they knew John was going to town and they decided to switch it to his house. So John came in and here were all the young people hidden in the house. They were hiding behind chairs and under the bed and John was muttering and to himself and saying, my goodness, I can't believe that old stove is still warm. And all of a sudden, everybody jumped out and yelled yeah. surprise. And Ethel said that John didn't even take off his overshoes, he just started dancing. <laughs> yeah. He was a wonderful guy. He also did something that I thought was real special. The little kids who lived on the Heights remember John for this. He would always go to town on Saturday night, to a party or to a dance or whatever. When those children woke up on Sunday morning, you know what they found in their mailboxes? They found Cracker Jacks and candy bars, Yes. and that was yes. John, and he did that for all the families on the Heights, and I thought that was so—that was such a sweet thing. Yes, indeed. He did a lot of but good. You know,
1: people are are different in this day and age yes
2: so I many of them are I wish we could go back I wish we could go back to I do too uh, but you know there's still quite a few left who still, still think uh, and yes. act the way they used to and I like to find them they're a wonderful That's thing one One reason time. why I
1: like to go to the uh, Wednesday Meals because uh, no. the, you find so many old timers there Yes, that uh, are there for the same reason, because they. That's otherwise right. they don't get to see anyone for all this time.
2: I wanted to talk for a minute about your friend and mine, Grace Cowan. Yes. Well, Gracie was raised on the Heights. She went up there with her father in 1917, and that was the very year and the very time when they were building the Missouri Heights School. And Gracie remembers walking with her father to that yes. school and seeing it under construction. Well, later Gracie became a pupil there, and guess who was her teacher? <laughs> yeah. yes, Mary I Ferguson. Was, I was her teacher. And Gracie speaks with such love for you. She's told me so yes, many right. times that school was so difficult for her. A lot of times the children made fun of Gracie because yes. she— had not had an opportunity to be with young people, she had always just lived on the farm, but you were good to her, and she loves you to this day, and she told me that you taught her how to embroidery, you taught her how to sew, Yes. and when she finally did reach the eighth grade, she was afraid to come down to Carbondale and go to high school, and what did you say to her? Anyway, she
1: continued her education.
2: (laughs) Yes, she did, and Mary said, you come back next year and I'll teach you high school. So you were a wonderful lady, Mary. Well, I
1: I didn't come over with the utes, however, because (laughs) someone called me and wanted to know about the first road to Marble, Uh and uh, of course the utes were here, but I didn't come over with the (laughs) utes. No, I don't think you did. (laughs) So, how much time do we have? Yeah, time. So, okay, I'll let you. Anyway, I appreciate you coming, and I hope, the this book will go into the museum. And it is more than a history, it is this I remember way back when. And people need to remember. Yes, Needs to we do. go back, and all these maps and pictures and everything yeah. are yeah. absolutely great.
0: Thank you for listening to another fantastic installment of This I Remember by Mary Ferguson. For the full archive of all of the episodes, please visit CarbondaleHistory.org. If you would like to be able to search through the entire transcription library of all of her episodes, please email info at carbonylhistory.org. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. Subscribe.